Really good. If you want to put yourself on mute, thank you very much. That's lovely. Uh, we're going to make a start now. So Trade Group is happening this Wednesday at 8 o'clock on Zoom. Uh, come along. It's going to be really good to do that. Thank you. Latest onward. Uh, that's a swan Jill and I saw about 18 months ago. Uh, your expert ornithologists will know all about it, but I'll put the Latin name underneath just in case you weren't sure. But uh, those that um, get it as a physical uh, piece of paper uh, will have had it Friday morning. Those that get it digitally will get it on Tuesday sometime, hopefully. Uh, next church council meeting is going to be a week on Thursday on Zoom. That's going to be the 28th of January. Uh, it's going to be a different link and phone number to all the other meetings, but I'll make sure you have the link and the phone number uh, so you can join. If you consider NCF to be your spiritual home, come along. It's just talking about what's going on and sort of saying what's happening over the next few months as well. It's going to start at eight o'clock, so be there a few minutes before so you don't miss anything. As normal, if you can't make it, let me know directly and I'll make sure... I include you on the minutes and send you minutes. And if you want anything to go on the agenda, let me know by a week today, next Sunday, and I'll make sure it's included. And uh, then the PDF link will be for the agenda will be in next, not this coming Tuesday email, but the one after. So you'll be able to know what the uh, uh, agenda is going to be. Talking about uh, Tuesday emails, I tried to send it on Tuesday because that's what Tuesday men emails should be sent on but MailChimp didn't send it. And they said, uh, to quote, uh, I had uh, broke their acceptable use policy. So they've suspended our account, and, uh, but I immediately, this is what I had to do, I appealed to their compliance team. So I've appealed to them, but that was on Tuesday, just a few minutes after I'd sent or tried to send the email out, but I've yet to hear back from them. So I don't know when the next Tuesday email will be. Uh, I can do things in other ways, of course, but uh, that's just to let you know about that. Breakout rooms at the end. So if you want to stop and chat with other people, that would be lovely. Fiona's going to leave for us today. Thank you, Fiona. Thank you, John. Let's just pray before we start then. God, thank you that you are here with us today. Thank you that... Uh, technology or physical distance or any of this doesn't bother you one bit. You can be present with each one of us in our homes right now and are. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will have free reign to move in everybody's hearts and lives this morning through what is shared and heard and read and prayed about. For your glory. Amen. Amen. Right, we're going to start by singing um, Lord, I Lift Your Name on High. And I would encourage you, because you're not in the church building where people can look at you, to really have a go. There are actions which I am sure you know, and we probably aren't doing as much exercise as we should these days. So let's do a bit of exercise and worship God at the same time, two for one. So go for it.
From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on Excellent. I hope within that that you were starting to praise God with us all together this morning. Jill shared with us last week um, that she's got a notebook with, mm, I forgot what it said at the top. Be still and know that I am God. Psalm That's 46, the one. Verse 10. Verse Fantastic. 10. A tip and a trick to just keep um, encouraging her and suggesting it to everybody else well i've got something that i do i don't know whether you can see what's written on that box it says joy but of course it's backwards to you guys isn't it i i don't understand the science of that anyway it's a perfume and i usually swap and change my perfumes but i'm specifically choosing to use this one every morning because it's just reminding me about God and the fruits of the spirit. So if anybody else has got any tips or tricks, let John know either by a phone call, a text, so that you can share it because it might be helpful to somebody else. Sometimes we just need just a little reminder, a nudge that God is still there. God is still in charge, still on his throne. We're going to sing um, Bless the Lord, O My Soul now. And the words of this, I think, are very appropriate any time, but they really fit for now. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. And then the next verse, for all your goodness, I will keep on singing. So some things don't change no matter what our circumstances so let's uh, sing this thank you jill and john
start I just uh, was reminded this morning of uh, intercession uh, reminded of Mark 4 verse 36 to 40 uh, where Jesus uh, is sleeping in the boat where his disciples are um, panicking because of the storm that's going on around them um, um, but when he wakes up he he calms the storm uh, with just a word um, and so yeah I just want to begin by thanking the Lord that um, that he is with us through those fiercest storms um, and he isn't perturbed by them or um, he isn't shaken. And I thank, thank you, Lord, as well, that um, you calm the seas and the, the waves around us and you bring calm to uh, situations that, um, yeah, may seem overwhelming to us. Um, and so, yeah, Father, I just, yeah, as we continue through this, uh, time of lockdown as well and global pandemic um, would you bring hope and healing uh, to all the lives affected by it um, and father i thank you that there's been a vaccine that's been um, produced and distributed um, and may it yeah bring about positive change to our way of life um, and just have really uh, quick effect um, at yeah, coming against this. Um, and I thank you for all those, Father, who who are continuing to work hard in the NHS at this time, who yeah, are probably overburdened with, um, yeah, not just people with uh, sick with COVID, but with, yeah, the normal things that people suffer with um, as well. And um, I just ask that you'd, you'd help them cope with this extra workload and that they would have the strength to, to keep going in these strained times um and father for the rest of us i pray that that we would be able to meet again soon with our family and friends um thank you for the technology to be able to meet over zoom and things like that but i also yeah know that being able to see our loved ones is so important so i just pray that that will be um, something we can do in the near future um and yeah not just in our lives, Lord, but around the the world, would you restore order to all nations um, still battling with the effects that the virus has brought, whatever that looks like, Father? Um, yeah, I know different countries are experiencing it in different ways, but I just ask that, yeah, it would, this year would be, um, yeah, just a year of hope that, um, yeah, nations can rise out of it and, um yeah be able to praise you for um yeah seeing the end of it <clears throat> um yeah and just for other things in the in the world father i just pray for for indonesia that has experienced um earthquakes and volcanoes eruptions recently um i know that um 
yeah, they experience these things quite regularly. And so I just pray that, um, yeah, people would be able to be rescued if they're trapped in any rubble or, um, yeah, if, if they're in the way of a, any eruption, I pray that they can, they'd be able to move to safety and, um, yeah, their, their lives would be, um, kept safe in this time in these, um, yeah, these natural disasters that we face sometimes. Um, and Lord, I just, as, uh, as well, I'd really like to pray for, um, yeah, the United States, um, just as this week they're, um, preparing to, um, yeah, transfer power from one president to another. And as we've all seen on the news, uh, a lot of people are unhappy, it seems, and, um, yeah, causing, yeah, riots and violence, which is, yeah, really, really sad to see in, um, in that nation. So I just pray that, um, yeah, on Wednesday when they have the inauguration that, um, yeah, it would go by peacefully and that you would restore peace to that nation as well. Um, and throughout all things, Lord, I pray that your, your word and your work would continue to go out and prevail around the world and that, um, your will would be done and that your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus name. Amen. Thank you, Ian. I um, just had a, a, a picture to share, really, which I think ties in a little bit with what Ian was praying as well. When I go into my front garden in December, uh, one of my daffodils starts flowering, which is crazy, I know. I think it's more sheltered in the front garden. But I was reminded at that point by God that throughout all the rest of the year that bulb can't be seen and it's sitting in the dark uh, in the earth and not doing anything and it, it felt like God was saying that this is a period of time when we're being bulbs at rest. Now I, I read about what a bulb is a bulb is a plant that grows from an underground mass of food storage tissues. The primary function of these underground storage structures is to provide the plant with enough nutrients to ensure the plant's survival when it is resting or waiting to be planted. And I just thought it's a picture of what we should be doing now while we're not in and out, out in the world and, and meeting people and seeing people, we should be getting in as much nutrient as we can from God, from reading the Bible, from as much Zoom fellowship or, or whatever that we can, um, because the time will come when the bulb flowers. So it's, it's a natural progression. And we're just in a, a different season at the moment and it doesn't mean that we have to be not doing anything. The bulb analogy falls down in that the bulb just do, does that all on its own. While we're transforming and building up, we're in relationship with God. So, so it just falls down there. But um, yeah, I just want to encourage everybody that it's not darkness, that God works through everything. Um, there are seasons for everybody and for everything. And that just brings us to a place where we worship him. Um, so we're going to sing King of Kings. Um, and as you sing it, maybe you could pray that you will lay your all before him.
morning, everybody. Um, the reading is from 1 Thessalonians, chapter 3. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted, and it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you, and that our labours might have been in vain. But Timothy has just now come to us from you, and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us, and that you long to see us, just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live, since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you, in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. We're going to sing again now before uh, John comes to speak to us. Um, and it's really to put your hearts and minds in the position of listening to what God's got to say to you this morning. So here I am waiting. Jesus, 
matter what the troubles and situations we all find in ourselves in, we know you're with us. We know you're with us. Come live in me, oh my life, take over, come breathe in me and I will rise on eagle's wings, come live in me, oh my life. Come breathe in me and I will rise on eagle's wings. Paul had relationships with many people. He'd met Jesus near Damascus in a really life-changing way. That's Acts 9, as we know. And fairly quickly, he gained a new friend. This was a most unexpected friend. Ananias was a follower of Jesus, and he was a good listener, just like Fiona has been encouraging us to listen to God today. He would have listened to his friends, though, and to his leaders, although it's a good idea often to listen to your leaders, so don't worry about that. But he would have listened to his friends and to his leaders. And do you know what they'd have said? They'd have said, watch out for that dangerous man called Saul of Tarsus. He was a dangerous man, that Saul chap was, because he was persecuting the church. He was persecuting people who believed in Jesus, the Messiah. Ananias would probably have heard through the grapevine that this dangerous man was on his way to Damascus and would probably have hid himself from the inevitable terrors that would accompany this man from uh, Tarsus. That would be a natural thing to do, wouldn't it? It was also a good God listener, though. God told him to seek Saul out. He went and prayed for him and even called him brother in Acts 9.17. Before hearing God speak about this, I should think that Ananias might have called him persecutor Saul, enemy Saul, vicious Saul, can't be trusted Saul. And yet now, after God had transformed both Saul and Ananias, they had a relationship. They were brothers in Christ. They had the same nature and faith. Paul was now changing from being the one who was persecuting the church to one who was being persecuted. The former great persecutor of the Christian faith became one of the great persecutees of the Christian faith. I wonder how this made Paul relate to people. Did it intensify his desire to love people, work with people, and to see others grow strongly in their faith, I wonder. Remember, the church in Thessalonica was founded on what we call Paul's secondary, second missionary journey. He might have been ahead of what was going on, but he didn't do it alone. He had friends, sincere and treasured brothers and sisters in Christ, and they helped him, encouraged him, and pushed him forward in what he was doing for God. And I suppose even more importantly, in his relationship with God, it was a joint effort. And we read about this second missionary journey in Acts 15 to 18, as we've talked about before. Paul and his friends didn't spend long in Thessalonica due to the persecution they were experiencing there. They went on to Berea, then to Athens and then Corinth. 
where Paul wrote two letters to the church back in Thessalonica. Just because Paul had left Thessalonica, it didn't mean that the persecution against the believers also left with him. It didn't stop. The persecution continued. And these two letters we've been thinking about over the last few weeks were sent to encourage the Christians to keep going. He also sent Timothy, we know he was one of Paul's apprentices, to see what was going on in the city and to encourage the believers there. I think Timothy would have done two types of encouraging while he was there. He'd have stimulated the people to action and he would also have spoken and given them comfort. Just as an aside, of course, a few years later, Paul sent Timothy to Ephesus to lead the church there. And it's there that Paul wrote one and two Timothy to Timothy because he wanted the church in Ephesus, which is on the west coast of modern day Turkey, to be encouraged. And it wasn't just the uh, church in Thessalonica that was being persecuted, but the church everywhere, really. So Paul sent Timothy back to Thessalonica. Paul had moved on physically to a different Greek city, but his heart was still with the people in Thessalonica. We'll be considering a, an aspect of prayer in a second mini talk this morning, but to suffice to say, Paul had a growing heart for those he met. From reading his numerous personal remarks and all the epistles we have of his, he knew many people and he loved many people. It's obvious that relationships were very important to Paul. He couldn't go back to Thessalonica himself straight away. He couldn't FaceTime anyone there either or create a Zoom meeting. But he sent a very trusted worker the 300 miles from Athens to Thessalonica. When Timothy returned to, to Paul and told him that despite persecution, the church was doing well and was standing firm in God, Paul didn't give a tick response to Timothy's report, just thinking, oh, great, I'll forget about them now. I can go on to another church. No, he carried on thinking about the church in Thessalonica. And that's why he wrote to them. And even more importantly, he carried on praying for them. It wasn't once a week praying. It wasn't once in a while. What Alma read was night and day we pray most earnestly. Now, in some Bibles, it says earnestly. In others, it says with vigilance, plenteously. I like that word. I'm going to use that word a lot this week. Sincerely, fervently, very hard and intense, earnestly. Or are all English words that translate the Greek word, and that's from hooper, ek and peresos. And it's also in Ephesians 3 verse 20. And it's Paul is praying there in Ephesians super abundantly for the believers. They're interconnected with, interconnected with each other, just like we're interconnected with each other. And that's why Paul was praying for all his friends and all the believers, all those he'd met. I haven't mentioned this quote for ages, but it's one I refer to quite often. William Temple said, when I pray, coincidences happen and when I don't they don't making and then deepening relationships is paramount to all of us prayer and investing time in and for others should be higher power agendas in whatever season in life we're in Paul knew many people around the Mediterranean and he was eager to pray and to connect and to invest time in others and that's the right thing to do, whatever we're doing, wherever we are, whether there's something that makes us easy to connect with people or something that makes it hard to connect with people like we've got at the moment. We're a fellowship of believers with Jesus as our head. Standing together in prayer and in practical ways is of supreme importance. Thank you, John. Just uh, an amazing story, isn't it, that um, God was completely in charge of a seemingly impossible situation. Um, and he knew what he was doing when he chose Saul, who was completely against the church. And he knew what would be happening in Thessalonica 
or that time later. And he had his plans and his purposes. Um, and we're just going to basically worship God just for that, that um, together now with uh, we bow down and to acknowledge that he was God in that place and that time. And he is God now in our place and our time.
Earlier, Paul was telling the readers of his letter that he was praying for them. Now, in verses 12 and 13, he actually prays for them. Do you know, I found it's often good to tell people you're praying for them. But sometimes it's even better to just pray for them during a conversation. You don't need to be in church. You can pray for anyone anywhere if you're socially distanced, of course, and safe. But the thing is, you can pray in the street. You ever done that? You can pray on a doorstep, in a shop. You can pray on a phone. You don't need to be shy. All you need to do is go for it. And people really respond when you pray for them, don't they? So let me encourage you. Don't just say, oh, I'll pray for you and then go home and pray. Pray for them now and then. Use words that they'll understand. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Paul prays about love and holiness for the church in Thessalonica. And we can pray about all kinds of things for all kinds of people. But often it's good to centre our thoughts around love and holiness. Here's the Amplified Bible for verses 12 and 13. And may the Lord cause you to increase and excel and overflow in love for one another and for all people, just as we also do for you, so that he may strengthen and establish your hearts without blame in holiness in the sight of our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints, God's people. Now, I've heard lots of people wanting to excel at quite different things. I know about sportsmen who want to excel because they want to gain a world record or maybe a gold medal or even a personal best, a PB. I know quite a few people who have come to me for music lessons and they want to come and they're really driven because they want to learn a difficult piece of music. And they're driven and they want to do it. They want to excel. I know people, you'll know people as well, who are studying towards A-levels or a degree and they work extremely hard because they want to get the best grade they can. There are so many worthwhile things to excel at. I bet you're thinking of some just now. But however, how many times have you thought today, this week, I want to excel at showing love to other people? You might have asked God to help you with various gifts and to help you strengthen them and deepen them. But how many times have you asked God in your prayers to strengthen your gift of love? In practical ways, I wonder, how are you going to show love to people that you know today? How will you show love to strangers this afternoon, I wonder? How about tomorrow? How are you going to clearly show love to others then? When I was reading about different versions sort of saying about excelling in love and outdoing each other in love, I thought of Romans chapter 12, verse 10 in the ESV. And that says, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honour. We think outdoing is a bad thing, don't we? But outdoing each other in love and affection and, and things like that is what we're encouraged to do. The message says this for the same verse, Romans 12, 10. Be good friends you love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Oh, that gets me. Now, you know, I'm not an orchestral player or anything like that. And I know some of you are. But let me just explain just very briefly. So there's probably... Uh, 10, there's 20 violin players in an average orchestra, and they're in two groups. Handily, they're called first violins and second violins. So if you're playing second fiddle or second violins, generally you're playing lower notes and you're supporting the first violins who have got the uh, beautiful melodies that are soaring above the rest of the orchestra. Oh, if we had time, I'd put some orchestral music on just to listen to it. I can hear it in my head. It's going round and round, this orchestral music. But that's my imagination and maybe your imagination as well. But Paul is saying it doesn't matter if you're first violin or second violin, support each other. 
love each other, encourage each other. It doesn't matter if you're in the limelight. It matters that you pray for people and love people. It matters that you support each other. God wants us all to serve each other and to serve our community. And that, that got me thinking. I thought, that's just like Jesus. And, you know, we call ourselves Christians. So we're meant to, st- to emulate and imitate Jesus, aren't we? And we've read 1 Thessalonians 3.12 already in the Amplified. And Alma read it in the NIV for us. But there's that great Greek word in 1 Thessalonians 3.12. Parisio, to abound or overflow, to exceed the ordinary and the necessary, to go beyond the expected measure. We touched about that, talked about that just a few moments ago, really, in uh, the same root word in 1 Thessalonians 3.10. But I thought what I'd do is show you a picture. Because when we used to meet in the building, I used to do lots of pictures. And now we're just having a bit of a chat for eight minutes. I can't use PowerPoint. So it's very difficult to just do chatting and that. So now and again, I'll just get my props out. And so I thought I'd get my props out just for this. Here's God's love. Now, if we're in church, I'd put water in this. But just imagine it's God's love in here. Now, this is two pints. So I've got two pints of God's love in my jug. I thought to myself, right, if I put two pints of God's love in one pint of John, what's going to happen? And you're on mute. Keep yourself on mute. Just uh, it's just uh, I'm a human. You humour me. You know the idea. What's going to happen? It's going to. Oh, I've got all spillingness of God's love all over me. But then I thought that is totally ridiculous because I think ridiculous things sometimes. I'm saying on one point. Come on, John, pull yourself together. You're not even 60 millilitres. What's going to happen if I put two pints of God's love into me? I'm 60 millilitres. What's happening? It's spilling all over the place because that's what God's love is all about. It's not just for us and our lives. God's love is meant to be spilled out. And here's a great thing from the message. It says... May the master pour out the love, pour on the love so it fills your lives and splashes over on everyone around you. I want God's love to splash out of me because there's so much of God's love that I'm accepting into my heart that it just can't help but just fill out and make it a bit mucky and a bit dirty and a bit splashy. But that's what God's love in our life is for. We've got many relationships. Paul had many relationships around the Mediterranean and he splashed out God's love to loads of people. We read loads of names in Paul's epistles. We want God's love to splash out of us and cause a stir to other people. We need God's power in our lives, though, don't we, to see this regularly happen. We've got to allow God's love to flow into our life. We shouldn't stop God's love in our life. And then we need to see it cascade into the lives of others. I'm going to pray and then Fiona is going to lead us on. So, Lord, we ask that you will help us to accept your overwhelming love in our lives and then to let it spill out into other people's lives, too. Thank you for the love that you have in our lives already. But we ask, Lord, Come and fill us again, and we're sorry when we don't let your love spill to other people. We ask that you'll help us to bless other people as we look to you. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, John. Thank you. I've chosen to, we're coming towards the end, and I've chosen to repeat what Jill used last week um, with the CD, and it's just made me smile. Because uh, one of the verses says, be still and know that I am God. I have poured out my Holy Spirit like a flood. Holy rain, monsoon deluge. How amazing is all of that? Well, let's, let's pray for that deluge. Let's sing that one.
We're going to um, finish off with, um, oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder. It's a complete change of, of feel, but not a change of heart and mind and where we are. So enjoy. Sings my soul, I say. 
and for his claims I wander, and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees. When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur, and hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze, then sings my soul, my Saviour God to thee. charge you are sovereign cause our souls to sing to you this week in all we do and say help us God to serve you and to serve others to be kind to be gracious all the things you have poured on us God may we pour them on others for your glory amen, amen.